You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. What if you had a text message from Jesus on your phone? And Jesus said, tomorrow morning, I want to meet with you in your living room. When you get there, I'm going to be there. You'll experience me, my presence. And I'm going to speak to you. In fact, I'm going to reveal some things to you about me. And and then I'm going to reveal some things to you about you that you need to know. Oh, also... I'm going to give you fail-proof advice for life and living. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to encourage you. And when you leave my presence, your heart will be on fire for me. Now, if you got that text... Do you think you'd make an effort to be in your living room the next morning? Absolutely. But here's what I want you to understand. You have that same opportunity every single day. Really, every moment of every day. Whereby you can spend time with Jesus. Though you may not see him with physical eyes, his presence is just as real. And reading the Bible is hearing his voice. When you read your your Bible, his speaking to you through his word is just as real as if he were speaking in an audible voice. And when you get along with him and open your Bible, he'll reveal to you things about himself. He'll reveal to you some things about you that you need to know about yourself. He'll give you fail-proof advice for life and living. He'll encourage you. He'll inspire you so that when you leave his presence, your heart will be on fire. You know what we call that? That opportunity that is ours? We call that abiding in Christ. And we've been talking in this sermon series about abiding. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the the privileges of abiding in Christ. The the realities that are ours when we abide in Christ. We talked about the, the promises of abiding in Christ. This morning, starting in John 15... I want to talk to you about the practice of abiding in Christ. I want to be very, very practical this morning to give you some handles as you seek to to draw close to Jesus. So look with me in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. 
When you found your place, I want to ask you this morning if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. We're going to read one verse, John 15, verse 5. It was a blessing this morning to see these first graders getting their Bible. One young man said to me, I don't even know how to read. So... As they learn to read and read those Bibles, it's going to be good. All right, John John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Now look at this last phrase in this verse, very, very important. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What a joy to be in your presence with your people, singing praises to you, the one who is worthy of our worship. Lord, to, to gather here in this, this room to know that you are here with us. What a privilege, what a joy. And now to come to this moment where we study your word and to expect that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will take your word and apply it to our hearts, to our lives. Wow. Pray, God, that you would do that, that you would move in our midst that we would leave today different than when we came. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for your unfailing presence. We lift this prayer up to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. A couple of weeks ago, we began a sermon series on our vision as a church. And our vision as a church can be encapsulated in the statement, abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel. I'm taking three weeks to talk to you about abiding in Christ. Then we're going to take three weeks to talk about advancing the gospel. Three weeks on each portion of that statement. But I want to reiterate what I've already said in the first two vision sermons. This is not just some pastoral leadership maneuver to get you to rally behind some idea or some project. When I talk about abiding in Christ and advancing the gospel, I'm praying that this will become the number one priority in your life. For the rest of your life, I'm praying that you would give your life to this vision because I believe this vision is biblical. And I believe this vision honors and glorifies God. And I believe when you grasp this vision and take hold of this vision, it'll make a difference in your world. God will use you. And so... I want to talk about that first part of the statement, abiding in Christ. And just to 
remind you of our definition. To abide in Christ means to enter into a relationship with Jesus. It means you need to be saved, first of all. If you're going to know him and experience him, you've got to be saved. You've got to be born again by placing your faith and trust in him. So abiding Christ means to enter into a relationship with Jesus and then pursue close fellowship with Jesus. That's what it means to abide in Christ. And this morning, I want to look back in John 15, which is the foundational passage where Jesus calls us to abide. He says in verse 1, I'm the vine, you are the branches. My Father is the vine dresser overseeing this process. But Jesus is saying, I'm the one, the source of life. If you will stay connected to me, close to me, I will produce life, uh, fruit through you. And in this passage, we see Three keys, three practical keys to abiding in Christ. So let me give you these three keys that hopefully will help you and encourage you. Number one, develop a mindset of dependence. Without this, you will not pursue Jesus. Without this mindset of dependence, you will not pursue closer intimacy and fellowship with him. You've got to develop a mindset of dependence. I want to direct your attention back to John 15 verse 5 where Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. But Jesus wants to make sure we get it here, that we get the necessity of abiding in Christ when he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, nothing is pretty comprehensive, right? When Jesus says nothing, you know what he means? Come in. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing you can do apart from abiding in Christ. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor Wade, I can, I can go about my daily routine and, and you know, daily schedule and not necessarily paying, paying a lot of attention to Jesus, and I, and I can get some things done. I can accomplish some tasks. I mean, I don't need Jesus every minute of, of every day, but Jesus said, apart from him, you can do nothing, and here's what he means. Nothing of eternal value or consequence. Nothing of of eternal Christ-glorifying impact will flow from your life if you don't abide in Christ. You will just be going through the motions, not impacting others, leaving no legacy of godliness for those who come behind you. You can do nothing apart from this daily pursuit of of closer fellowship with Jesus. And Jesus wants the weight of that dependence to weigh upon us so that we see how needy we are. Now I want you to notice with this sermon series, we haven't talked about some normal vision topics Like a lot of times when a pastor has a vision series, you're talking about 
buildings or budgets or bodies, number of people that come. And, and we're going to talk about some things as we get down the line and talk about some specific things, some plans, some strategies, some ideas. But here's what I want you to understand. None of that matters if we're not pressing into Jesus. Because no matter how great our strategies are and how beautiful our buildings are and how improved our campus is and no matter how much money is coming in and how many people are attending, if we are not abiding in Christ as a body of believers, then nothing of eternal consequence will occur here at First Baptist Church. So let's not get the cart before the horse. Let's make sure that we are clinging to Jesus and saying, here are our plans, here are some ideas, here are some strategies, here are some directions we want to go. But Jesus, we understand if you're not in it, if you're not in it, then nothing of import and value is going to happen. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Is it possible to do ministry apart from dependence upon Christ? The answer is yes. Is it possible to, to try to do some religious things without trusting Christ to do what only He can do? Is it possible to minister in mere human strength? The answer is yes, a thousand times yes. Listen, we need Jesus. We need Him as individuals. We need Jesus to take front and center in our families. We need Jesus in our church. Oh, how we need to press in and take hold and, and cling to Christ. It is the greatest need this church has. And so develop a mindset of dependence. Yes, I'm telling you to feel your inadequacy. I, I, I'm encouraging you to confess before God, I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough to do what needs to be done to change this world. I need help. I need Jesus. So the call of that statement in verse 5, apart from you, you can do nothing, is a call to lay aside self-sufficiency and self-dependency. Hear me, saint. Lay aside that tendency that we all have to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and just do better. And, and, and again, let the weight of this verse rest upon you. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Stop trying to order your life and stop trying to fix your life apart from Christ. Cling to Christ. Draw closer to Christ. Take hold of Christ and He'll fix your life. He'll change things as you abide in Him. And He begins to bear fruit through you. That's how things change. Lay aside self-sufficiency and self-dependency. And can I remind you, God doesn't need your, he doesn't need your brains. He's all-knowing. He doesn't need your strength. He's omnipotent. He doesn't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Listen to me. He, he doesn't need us. We need Him. Desperately, we need him. Let the weight drive away self-sufficiency and self 
dependency through 25 years of, of pastoring now. There have been moments where I've consciously taken matters into my own hands. And I think, I've got I've to perform here. I've got to do something. I've got to lead a certain way or speak a certain way. And, and, I, and I've got I've to take control of the situation. And, and I've got to get the job done. And you know what happens? I fall flat on my face. Because apart from him, I can do nothing. And there are times where God reminds me of this. Where there have been times I've preached sermons. I won't tell you which sermons they are. But I know which ones they are. Where it was just not a good sermon. And I know it. Like it was flat. It landed wrong. It, you know, I, my thinking wasn't clear. I, I didn't share things I wanted to share. Or share things, you know. And it's just not a good sermon. I think, boy, that was awful. And inevitably, when that happens... And I feel like an utter, complete failure. Someone will come to me and say, Pastor Wade, God really used that in my life. You know why God does that? To remind me it's not me. To remind me it's his word, his spirit working through his word. So I've had to learn the lesson over and over again. That I am inadequate to accomplish anything of eternal value. I'm not to take matters into my own hands. I'm just to pursue Jesus with my heart and my soul and my mind and my strength and trust that he will do the work. He will do the work in and through my life. So the the first key to abiding in Christ is very practical. and it's, It's really a mindset. Understand how much you compiled and they were written by Andrew Murray. I was reading one of the day's devotionals and there's a phrase that just leapt off the page. I've shared this, this with you before, but there was a phrase that just leapt off the page. And here's what Andrew Murray said. Take more time with Jesus. That's it. Take more time with Jesus. Spend time with him. Make it a priority to enjoy communion with Christ. Now, there are some tools God has given you to help you here. There are some ways that God is supporting this process so you can enjoy communion with Christ. First of all, you have the Bible before you. The Bible before you. When you get alone with God and open up your Bible and read God's Word, God is speaking to you. This is the very Word of God to humanity. Truth with no mixture of error. You know what it says about the Bible in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12? It says the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, when you are reading the Bible, God's Word is doing a work in you, a surgical work in your life. Jeremiah says that God's Word is like a a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. (laughs) Sometimes when you come into the presence of God, you've got some stubbornness there. You've got some, some... some hardened heart that you're bringing before the Lord and His, His Word just, it just begins to break down that resistance to the Lord. And 
begins to transform you. Psalm 119 says that his word is like a a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. It, It guides you. It gives you principles and promises as you journey through this life living for the Lord. And there are other metaphors that that we see about God's Word in Holy Scripture. But I know this, and I've said it, I think, every sermon. I know this. You will not be close to Jesus apart from consistent interaction with His Word. This is where you meet Jesus. You meet Him in the Scriptures. Because when you read the Bible, he is speaking before you. And I can almost guarantee if you're here this morning and you are spiritually stagnant, I can almost guarantee you've not been taking in God's word on a consistent basis. I heard this statement. I'm not sure where it originated from. But it goes, these hath God married and no man shall part. Dust on the Bible and drought in your heart. God's given you his word to meet with him so that he can speak to you. So you have the Bible before you. Allowing God to talk to you as you read your Bible. And then, here's what prayer is. You talk to God. You say, Pastor Wade, what should I talk to God about? Talk to him about what you just read. And just have this dialogue with the Lord over the page of Scripture. I'm telling you, talking to God about what you read gives you vocabulary and things to discuss with the Lord. It'll it'll grow your prayer life if you'll just start talking to God about what he said to you. So if you read a passage and it's about Like my Bible said this morning, it's about forgiveness. Talk to God about maybe some areas of unforgiveness in your life and ask God to help you forgive. I mean, just talk to God about what you are reading. If there's a passage and it's about God's attributes and God's glory, praise Him. Just spend some time praising Him for who He is. If you read the Bible and there's a sin mentioned that you've committed or you are committing, just confess it before the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm reading this and this is not who I want to be. I, I want to confess it. I want it out of my life. And so on and so forth. Let God speak to you through his word and then you talk to him about what you just read. You know what that's called? Spending time with Jesus. Abiding in Christ. Not only do you have the Bible before you, you have the spirit within you. The spirit within you. In other words, God himself lives on the inside of you. The third person of the Trinity. And you know what he's always doing? He's always pointing you to Jesus. He's always pointing you to Jesus. So if you get into a a pattern of life where your focus is not like it needs to be on the Lord, the Spirit's going to do a convicting work, a directing work to, 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 to get you back focused on Jesus. And so the Spirit lives in you. He's going to help you with this. He's going to encourage you. He's going to convict you. He's he's going to give you strength as you go to abide in Christ. You have the Spirit within you. 
There have been times in my life where I was not consistent with my time with the Lord and I get busy and, and, and get distracted. And, and there are times when, this sounds a bit mystical, but there are times when I can almost sense God summoning me, saying, saying wait, it's time. I'm calling you to my presence. It's time. That's the Spirit in me. So you have the Bible before you, the Spirit within you. And here's another gracious gift God has given us, a tool he's put in your spiritual tool belt. We have the church around us, the church around you. In other words, here's what we do. Here's what church is. We are cheering each other on to pursue Jesus. Amen? That's what it is. We're encouraging, equipping, teaching, loving, helping. When, when a, a brother or sister falls, we help them get back up. When someone's lost their focus, we, we point them to Jesus. And the church around us spurs us on. Hebrews 10 spurs us on to pursue Jesus, to abide in Christ. In fact, Hebrews 10, 25 says, that's why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need that encouragement. So the Bible before us, the spirit within us, the church around us, we have all of these tools to help us abide in Christ. Ray Stedman wrote this, we must decide to do things, to keep ourselves in contact with him this is what it means to abide in him, Stedman writes. We have been placed into Christ by the Holy Spirit. Now we must choose to maintain that relationship by the decisions we make. Decisions to expose ourselves to his word in order to learn about him. And to relate to him in prayer wherein we converse with him. Decisions to relate to other believers in body life experiences. That is, bearing one another's burdens. Confessing our faults and sharing in fellowship with one another. Wherein we learn about and see Christ in one another. I like that. All of this is designed to relate to him. Abide in me, Jesus says. If we do that, we are fulfilling this active, necessary decision of the will to obey his word, to do what he says, and stay in touch with him. Powerful quote. Now listen to me. I've got some regrets. Anybody here got some regrets? If you don't, then you're lying. You ought to regret that. But anyway... We've all got regrets, right? I mean, who in this room would not hang their head in shame if a video of our life was replayed for everyone to watch? Got some things that I regret, but let me tell you something I've never, ever regretted. I have never, ever regretted spending time with Jesus. Ever. I've never walked away from his presence and said, I wish I would have done something else. I wish I would have watched Sports Center. I wish that uh, I would have, uh, you know, scrolled through my social media feed. What a waste of time spending time with Jesus. I've never said that. And what's true in my life is true in your life. You'll never, ever regret abiding in Christ. Ever. Nothing but good can come from that as, as he does a work in your life. Listen to me. 
Time with Jesus is never wasted time. Which leads to the third practical handle to abide in Christ. Develop a mindset of dependence. Enjoy communion with Christ. And third and last, practice daily surrender. Practice daily surrender. Now look what he says back in verse 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, continual, consistent, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So as you stay close to Jesus, Jesus begins to work in you as a vine stays connected to a branch. The vine begins to push life-giving, fruit-producing sap into that branch. And fruit begins to be born. For the branches to bear fruit from the sap out of self and say, Jesus, have your way. I love Galatians 2.20. What a great verse. Write it down in your notes. I've been crucified with Christ. The old man is dead I've been crucified with Christ, and yet I live, not I, but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, when you get alone with Jesus and you reckon yourself as dead, crucified, it's not about you, and you let Jesus have his way, he begins to live his life through you. That's called fruit. It's not about you striving. It's about you surrendering and letting Jesus do what only he can do. Draw close to Jesus and let him have his way in your life. And let me just ask you just a, just a personal question and a practical question. When's the last time that happened in your walk with him? This is not checking a religious box saying, I had my quiet time today. When's the last time it was you and Jesus and he's speaking to you through his word, you're reading it, taking it in, thinking about it, meditating on it, and then you're talking to God about what he's teaching you, and and then before you leave his presence and begin to try to walk with him throughout the day, you say, Jesus, I surrender all. Do whatever you want to do through me. Change, listen, change whatever you want to change. Direct me wherever you want me to go. I surrender all. Do you trust Jesus enough to surrender all? I love, and I'll close with this, I love the... uh, The mindset of John the Baptist. John chapter 3, he's ministering, preaching, baptizing people that repent of their sins and turn to the Lord. He's the forerunner for Christ. But then Jesus comes on the scene and begins his public ministry. And so what do you know? More and more people are going to hear Jesus preach and Jesus teach. And and, and then people who uh, come to hear Jesus teach begin to be baptized by the disciples of, of Christ. And so some of John the Baptist's friends and colleagues and companions come up and say, Hey, John, 
Jesus is over there doing what you're, he's teaching and preaching, and now they're baptizing folks. That's your gig, John. What do you think about that? John could have said, and none of us in this room would have blamed him, he could have said, you know what? I'm a pretty decent preacher. I, got, I bring some things to the table. And so, you know, I'm going to keep doing my thing and, and uh, you know, kind of keep my thing going. And, you know, you know, what John, you know what John the Baptist said in that moment? He said, he, Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. That's what it means to surrender. Jesus, as I leave your presence, I want there to be less of me. And I I want there to be more of you. As I go throughout my day, wherever my day leads me, I don't want people to experience me. I want people to experience the Jesus in me. Who's bearing fruit through my life? The practice of abiding. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.